You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. After long and arduous negotiations with Dwight Yoakam's people, we had to promise 47, 45-second bumps, gentlemen, in order to uh, get Dwight Yoakam to agree to be today's musical guest on the Friday Fun Fest. Yes, the Friday Fun Fest returned two weeks ago with Linda Ronstadt as our musical guest. Yep. Last week, golf show, missed it. The Friday Fun Fest back this week with the great Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. Born in October 1956, and he grew up, you know, good good country hillbilly singer, Columbus, Ohio. I did not know he, that's where he was he from. He was raised in Columbus, Ohio. He was the son of a guy who ran a gas station. And uh, he graduated from Northland High in Columbus. He moved to L.A. in 1977 and uh, wanted to kind of do this honky-tonk cowboy that he's uh, go, so good at. Unfortunately for him... That was right in the time when the uh, the the swing country, you know, the urban cowboy type uh, country music was taken over, and it took a while uh, for uh, that his type of music to come back around and become popular again. He called it hillbilly music, Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> and uh, his first big hit was an old Johnny Horton song, uh, "Honky Tonk Man." He's done a lot of covers in his life, but a lot of his own stuff too. And Johnny Cash called Dwight Yoakam his favorite country singer. That's pretty good. That's high it? praise is what it is. Yes. That is pretty good. Uh, I, there's another note I saw him on. He was the most frequent musical guest on The Tonight Show. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I guess with John, Johnny must have liked him. Well, he's got I, good I taste. Know. I just, I, I'm kind of Johnny surprised does. that maybe it wasn't more of a... Kind of yeah, a mainstream type of an artist, but that's that's cool. I I absolutely agree with that because I love you know Dwight our, Yoakam. You know where our guy Kenny would li- approve of Dwight Yoakam as our musical guest. He uh, he's he likes punk bands too. He traveled with Husker Du. Husker Husker Du. Husker Du. Husker Du. You've got well, state called State Huskies on the mind. That's why you're yeah, saying oh, yeah. I, well, and I got the Nebraska Cornhuskers. There you go. Mind, <laughs> Husker Du. Husker he traveled du. with Husker Du, and he sang the backup on. Warren Zevon's last album, so he's my guy too. His first really, uh, he had uh, Honky Tonk Man was a big hit. Gu- Guitars and Cadillacs, one of his songs, uh, is uh, rated among the top 100 country songs of all time, although I don't even know if I'd put it among uh, Dwight Yoakam's top 10. But you should also remember him as an actor, Dwight Yoakam. Sling Blade? Oh, yeah. You with me on Sling Blade? Yo, who he, saw Sling Blade? Who, who could argue that? You know who uh, he was, Dwight Yoakam? He was the abusive boyfriend. In fact, I remember, uh, was it Tim McGraw 
that said that he wanted to pursue acting because of that role that Dwight Yoakam played? <laughs> oh, he was a wonderful, evil yeah, SOB, right. wasn't he? Yes. He was great as just a guy you wanted to see get the crap beat on him <laughs> uh, in, that, in that movie. And uh, Sling Blade, uh, of course, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. French fried uh, potatoes. Ended up taking care of him and uh, ended up going back to the uh, mental institution. But uh, uh, Dwight Yoakam, he also, and I didn't see this movie because I hate these kind of movies, but Panic Room, which was, that was uh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, yeah, and uh, uh, Kristen Stewart, a yeah, very young he, uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, she was the daughter? Yep. Okay, well, he was the psychopathic killer trying to get in to the Panic Room and kill them all. Hmm. And here's a movie for you two guys. You probably haven't watched it. But it was a very great independent film, and it, it looks like it was his start as an actor. Red Rock West from 1993. Uh, I recommend it highly. It is uh, really good. What's and, the background on it? Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage, right? Nicholas Cage comes into this little town, and there's a lot of strange people in there. Okay. And he, gets, he gets involved with uh, a woman who wants him to kill her husband. And then the husband wants to kill the wife, and he's kind of working for both of them. And it's a, it's a complicated story, but it's fantastic. But he just played a truck driver in there, and I can't even remember that role. But uh, Dwight Yoakam, uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, country singers, is today's musical guest and uh, just, uh, just a terrific country singer. You know the greatest observation ever? What's that? At a concert is from Jennifer Suchere, Joe's wife. Okay. They went to see uh, Springsteen, right? Sure. No, who was no not who was married to uh, the who was Springsteen's first wife? Kenny, get over here. Get over. Who here. was Springsteen's first I, wife? I try. I don't remember what. What was Springsteen's first wife's name, Kenny? Patty. Uh... Patty Smith? Yeah. Patty Smith. No, no, okay. I got to I got to get the story straight. I can't remember who the John, actor was. John will know. Um Patrick Who, met, who ended up marrying the skinny-legged Julianne Phillips? Huh? Julianne Phillips. Oh, Phillips. Julianne okay. Phillips, right. That okay. was Springsteen's right. first wife, right? right? Sure. And Such and Joe, Such and his wife went to a concert and the gal he ended up getting married to uh the skinny gal yeah. that was performed with him. What's yeah. her name? That one was Patty Smith. Pat, Patty. Yeah. And Jennifer watched for five minutes and said, he's, uh, there, they, yeah. they got, they got yeah. her going here. Those two are an item. <laughs> yeah. She's got a, she's got she, a keen eye. She did. She if, said, if you have said, darkness, they, they're together. Here. If you have darkness in your heart or evil in your eye, you're going to want to stay away from Sue Trey's <laughs> wife. Cause yeah, right. boy, she'll, she'll read right through yeah, your eye. She she'll get got, right in your she face. She called about that it. one from like row 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She called out a politician one time in a grocery store and I, I actually, the politician was doing wrong and I, actually ended up feeling sorry for the politician. <laughs> Boy, that's a smart woman there. Yes, all right. All right, we uh, shall return. Dwight Yoakam, the musical guest today on the Friday Fun Fest. Brett Robson, you can find his analysis of the Timberwolves these days on theathletic.com. Uh, Brett, the uh, Wolves get back to work tonight against Houston, a team that they have a little trouble stopping uh, from shooting those threes. Yeah, they're not alone. Uh, Houston <laughs> is uh, a legitimate threat to Golden State, is the best team in basketball right now. But uh, 
the last two games the Wolves have played against them have not been pretty. And um, one of the weaknesses of this team is that they don't have that uh, really kind of in-between uh, a small forward and a power forward who can race out there and uh, adequately defend big men shooting from the perimeter. And guys like Ryan Anderson of Houston are really good at that. Yeah, he was uh, absolutely lights out in that game uh, that they beat him last time. But what's uh, what is the the only thing that could possibly save the Wolves in this matchup is if Houston has one of those nights where they shoot twenty percent from out there because they they just added Joe Johnson, right? Then now they got another guy firing from out there. Oh yeah, they have they they just have a lot of players. They also added uh, Brandon Knight, who's also uh, I think he's injured right now, but he's another guy. Uh, they're just you know they know it's their time and they're stocking up. I do think that um, the matchup is obviously terrible. I do think every now and then uh, you have a situation where there's been a long layoff. Uh, Houston is, uh, you know, got some guys, Harden and some other folks who uh, went through the all the All Star game hoopla. Of course, the Wolves did too, but Jimmy Butler purposely didn't play to kind of rest up for this. So, uh, you know, I would say the odds of winning tonight are very slim. At the same time. Um, they need to play well to get themselves off to a good start because uh, come uh, March, Ooh. beginning March 1st, there's about a seven- or eight-game run there that is a pretty pretty interesting uh, three, three-week stretch. And uh, they're only one game ahead of the loss column to a bunch of good teams behind them. Yeah, hey, uh, the... Uh... Well, how's the Jimmy Butler deciding not to play uh, playing back home? I have, I haven't been home. I so think I... it's actually, you know, I mean, it's it to some extent, it's it's pretty typical of who Butler is. <laughs> he says he doesn't care, you know, about All Star games, and of course, I think he'd probably be a little bit miffed and use it as fuel if he wasn't chosen. But yes. I do have some sympathy for the idea that. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game has been a kind of a travesty the last few years. This year they made it a little bit better because they chose up squad uh, teams rather than just have it be to the conference. And so you didn't have a 192 to 182 game or something absurd like that, although it wound up still being in the 140s. But it's not Butler's kind of game. Butler's a two-way player. Same thing with guys like Al Horford. You know, these are the guys who are you know, some of the last people off the bench. On the other hand, you know it's right up Carl Anthony Towns's alley. You know he loves uh, <laughs> that uh, he loves the space and pace and the shoot, and he got a lot of touches and uh, he jacked them up, and he didn't have his coach tell him to uh, pass out of the double teams, and uh, <laughs> because there weren't that many double teams, and uh, things worked out pretty well for him. Hey, uh, the the uh, one thing I would say in Butler's defense too would be they they were one of four teams to play on Thursday, and then you get back out there and you're into it. You know that was uh, that's uh, you know that's a quick turnaround for a guy playing thirty eight thirty nine minutes a night. Exactly, plus sixty one games. I mean, if you want to, yeah. no other team had fifty more than uh, fifty nine, and it was just a quirk in the schedule. That is one of the few good things about that early March stretch I was talking about. There's a five game uh, uh, gap between uh, a five day gap between games. Uh, that's almost unheard of during the regular season, and so the Wolves will get a chance to husband some of their resources, but. Uh, you know, for Butler, you know, he plays really hard. Uh, sometimes you could argue that he uh, hogs the ball a little bit too much and plays a little bit too much hero ball, especially as the season has gone on. But he always takes the top wing on the other team, and uh, 
he's always digging. Uh, you very rarely see him uh, relax, and uh, he sets a tone and has changed the culture for this team. So if he doesn't want to play in an all-star game, I think that's a small price to pay. Hey, Brett, uh, I've been uh, pretty reluctant to turn uh, completely against uh, Wiggins like uh, so many people have, but uh, the last couple of weeks it's been hard to defend what he's been doing. Yeah, I finally kind of, I didn't throw in the towel, but let's put it this way, I've got, you know, I've got uh, the towel at the ready to throw. He, you know, it's hard because uh, you see the natural talent and you see every now and then, you know, Jimmy Butler goes out with an injury and yes. Andrew Wiggins goes crazy, you know, looks like a superstar. You play him against Toronto, his hometown team. You play him against Cleveland, the team that traded them. For some reason, you play him against either one of the Los Angeles teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, he routinely has great games against those guys. Uh, you know, you play him in Sacramento on a Wednesday night, and uh, you never know what you're going to get, and he probably doesn't either. So, you know, th- there's there's legitimate reason once you're, you know, he's already signed, and the team has already offered, and he's already inked the deal that will give him $148 million over the next five years beginning uh, next season. And so that that's that's a fait accompli. Uh and it was it was a gamble at the time. It was one I believe the Wolves had to make given their situation. But uh, if if he doesn't turn it around, if he continues to have this very very slow improvement and in some cases regression, and really does seem up and down and takes some plays off and uh, his shot selection is which is what I kind of concentrated on in the last column I wrote about him. If he doesn't start to go to the rim uh, more assiduously and, and work hard there or make some more three-pointers, take some more three-pointers, then um, he's just a bad fit on this team, and he is uh, a real, real anchor on the salary structure. Hey, what has uh, happened to him as a shooter? I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't a lighted-up guy, but man, alive—he's you know the free throws are just part of the epidemic of bad shooting. Yeah, his free throws—he's always been above seventy-two, seventy-three percent, and up and around seventy-five. I think one year, he's in the high sixties right now. Uh, his three-point shooting, which is really—let's face it—I mean, you've got Jimmy Butler, who pretty much does what Wiggins used to do. Yeah. which is command a good mid-range game, uh, draw a lot of fouls, uh, you know, be the guy at the end of the game to win or lose it for you. Wiggins now, uh, with Towns down low and all over the court, and Jeff Teague as a shooting point guard, what what Wiggins needs to do now is to, uh, park himself on a weak side uh, area behind the three-point line, catch and shoot it and make it. And uh, he's making 31.5% this season, which is worst that he's ever ever done. Uh, his two-pointers are not much better. Uh, his true shooting percentage, which weights the three-pointers as threes, the free throws as one, and the field goals as two, his true shooting percentage is worse than any of the rotation guys. It's it's better than Cole Aldridge, Bazi Muhammad, and Marcus George's Hunt, and no one else on the on the roster. And he takes more uh, three pointers and two pointers than anyone on the team. So, what is the... uh, you know that that it's amazing that the Wolves actually have the third ranked offense in the NBA in terms of points per possession, given the fact that the guy who is uh, shooting most often is the most inaccurate. 
What is the uh, purpose of still having Shabazz? Uh, why not just uh, give him a little freedom and let him go someplace? I guess they got him. They got to pay him next money. year. Too. Uh, if they cut him, then they owe him. And uh, it's one of those situations where if if they can find somebody to take him, then uh, you know maybe they'll split the salary. And obviously, it's not much money. I think it's like a million five or something. He got the 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 minimum. Uh, and it's, but he has a player option for next year, I believe. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, if if he doesn't think he can latch on with anybody, well, you know, I mean, it it, it seems like chump change by NBA standards, but you know, a million five in the real world ain't bad. And so, uh, I would imagine that he's and they are still trying to work something out. But I think that uh, in terms of his on the court performance and uh, the way that uh, Tom Thibodeau, Coach Tom Thibodeau, has uh, regarded him over the last uh, 20, 30 games. Um, his uh, situation in Minnesota is effectively over. Hey, is a, did they send Patton back to Iowa? I didn't uh, see They uh, did. Uh, you know, I think he only comes up, uh, my guess is he's coming up uh, because uh, there aren't a lot of games down in the G League at yeah. the time, and they want to get some hands-on instruction and, and give him some first-hand observation about how they do things. Uh, you know, the highlights, of course, everybody's highlights are great, right? But uh, his highlights make him seem to be uh, kind of a, a junior version of Towns in terms of his uh, size and athleticism and, and natural gift for being a coordinated big man. Uh, but the proof is in the pudding, and uh, he obviously doesn't have quite the same pedigree Towns has. Uh uh, he wasn't the number one pick. He was back in the half of the first round, and uh, and he was, you know, at a relatively small school. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where he's enticing, but the team obviously feels he isn't ready yet. And let's face it, they're working toward a playoff berth, and right now they have trouble getting guys like Gorgie Jang and Nemanja Bielita minutes in, in Tibbs' rotation anyway. Yeah, and you you made one good point. They have if they had more games than anybody else uh, before the All Star game, uh, they have fewer after it. So uh, you won't see Tibbs working his bench harder. That's for sure. <laughs> Twenty one games. It's kind of remarkable. Yeah, the season is. is over three quarters done for the Wolves right now. The eighty two game season has sixty one games in the books for Minnesota. That's right. Hey, Britt, thanks for your time, sir. No problem. All right, Britt Robson uh, does a good job, and he's uh, writing for The Athletic now, uh, and uh, he does a great job analyzing the Wolves. We shall be back with Mr. John Height. I know Johnny Hyde approves of today's musical guest. One of one of my Yoakum. favorite artists ever. Dwight <laughs> He's Yoakum. great, isn't he? And uh, his first few albums, one of my favorite guitarists ever, a guy by the name of Pete Anderson, who also produced him. Just okay. a wonderful guitar player. In yeah. fact, this song has two guitar solos that are brilliant. Not, not I do have some. I'm sorry. Before I get to the sponsor, though, I have some. Okay. Uh, I have some FYI. Oh I have to, my God! I have to throw Here you guys this way. Okay. That first segment almost gave me a, a an aneurysm. Yeah, right that there. was driving me crazy too. Success <laughs> number one. Uh, Chris uh, Morgan Stapleton still is married to Chris Stapleton. They're quite happy, and she right. sings okay. background. 
And okay. she's pregnant and about yeah. to have kids. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. I, I, I had no idea who the babe was, yep. and I got my information from Reavers. So. Yeah. yeah. That was your first that's, all, that's always dangerous. <laughs> Happily married, they were actually song uh, songwriters in Nashville. That's where mm-hmm. they met. Yep. All uh, right. Springsteen's wife. Uh, all right, so that's strike one. She, Go ahead. Yeah. She was an artist on her own right before all of this happened. Her name is not, not Patty Smith, but Patty Skelfa. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. for you, Kenny. Um, what's but what it? is indisputable is that from the twenty fifth row, Jennifer Suchere knew well, they were that's having. Right. Let me tell you, knew something. they were having relations together. Let me tell you something. When the album Tunnel of Love came out by Springsteen, he was still married to Julianne Phillips. As soon as I heard the songs that were written on that album, I knew that he was screwing around with somebody else. <laughs> it turned out to be her. Isn't okay. uh, John? Isn't Patty Smith one of his big fans? Or am I thinking uh, of pro- some- Patty Smith? Yeah, I'm sure she is. The poet you're talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure she is. Yeah. Huh. Why did I? Oh. Have that in my brain. I don't know. Uh, last but not least, Patrick, I have to FYI you uh, because yes. his Tonight Show appearances, uh, almost all, there's 24, 25, almost all of them were with Leno. So Carson, Carson, oh, really? Carson oh, was a big him. fan. Leno loved Leno him. Yeah, Johnny would have been, he would have been 12 when Johnny gave it up. So <laughs> He's 61, I just saw. So. 61? He's my age. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So a, basically, that was a very Pedro Florimon at bat that we just had. With, uh, three strikes and caught looking. Yeah, more basically. like Robbie Grossman. We took three down the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, this update brought to you Didn't by... Didn't take the bat off our shoulder. Well, we did, but we flailed. We air conditioned in the entire Hammond Stadium. You swung at one, looked at two, and then walked back to the dugout. Uh, this update brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Twins lose to Boston. Exhibition baseball today, 4-3. to three. Aaron Slager started. He went the first two. He was good. No hits, no runs. Struck out two. Uh, the Twins will play the Orioles tomorrow in Sarasota. Dietrich ends. I don't trust guys named Dietrich. Gave up Dietrich. three runs today. Yeah, that name makes me nervous. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Twins, according to John Heyman, uh, they're looking at Lance Lynn. That's what he's saying anyway. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That was done by accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd take him in a minute. Yeah, Heyman's report uh, says the Twins still have some flexibility to add to the payroll and that they seem to prefer Lynn to other free agents that are still left like Alex Cobb and Jake I think that opening on the roster is going to be for Mike Napoli. That's my guess. Think so? Hmm. Yep. Team lead, the 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 clubhouse character type who can hit a home run. So how about Pelf? Let's bring back oh, Pelf. Geez. I heard something about Pelf the other day. He's still that pitching. They, You're kidding? Uh, no, but I think he's still looking. Wow. For a job. Hey, we'll take him on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, Lance Lynn is kind of a character too, from what I've heard. So okay. that's kind of cool. Have him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls' state hockey tournament, Class A. Breck shut out Proctor Hermantown six zip and Warroad clobbered Alexandria seven to one. Those are semifinals. Ooh. We'll get Class Double A semifinals tonight. Centennial and Egan at six o'clock, and Edina and Eden Prairie will play at eight. Okay, we will get a eyewitness report to today's Twins activities from Derek Wetmore when we get back. The ride with Royce continues. The first traffic and weather together with traffic and weather. The traffic report giving you a radio weather forecast together. All right, this one's sponsored by your neighborhood Ace. Everybody's trying to avoid the colossal gridlock. Is this, are you guys, is this a joke? 
Seriously. What are you talking about? It's Beverly Hills Cop. All right. Do your job, Olson. All right. Eddie Murphy, baby. All right. All right. Whatever. I got an idea for next week's uh, Friday Fun Fest musical guest. Talk Uh, to me. I think we're going to have Hike come in and introduce him. Oh, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) That way we will. That way, if we're trying to figure out uh, who he's married to or whether he's married or not, he'll know. But you know what? I disagree with that because sometimes the beauty of us doing radio is when we are blatantly wrong about everything we try to talk about on the radio. I think that's part of our charm. Either sports or music. That's That's right. Here is Derek Wetmore. Yeah, you found the right guy. <laughs> Twins lose today, four to three, first game of the season. Now you throw out Dozier, who's had the kidney stones and is too old to play in the season opener. Mauer's too old to play in the season opener. And Miguel, we won't. I don't. I think he'll be on the DL when the season starts. That was the first team. Beyond that. Yeah, they didn't swing the bats, huh? No, they brought all their. Uh, they brought the A lineup. It's the pitching that we were kind of watching. Yes. Aaron Slager started for them. It'll be a while before you see kind of the guys you expect to make the rotation starting games for them. That should be this weekend. Uh, Buck struck out twice. I didn't like that. He's not back to leg kicking, is he? No. I hope he's not back to leg kicking. It's still small. It's compact. And I, I don't get too worked up. <laughs> no, I don't first either, game. But uh, <laughs> I don't want him striking out. I, sure. By the last week down here, I want contact. I want contact out of Buck. Uh, so uh, Ryan Lamar, six-year free agent, uh, and a Minnesota connection. We talked about it earlier. He's married to Whitney Tani, uh, who was the great Edina uh, High School uh, tennis player. And uh, he's 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 not one of those guys probably with an out. He doesn't have enough major league time. He'll probably spend the year playing in Rochester. Huh? Yeah, I don't know what the contract calls for, but it's it's an interesting time. In years past, we've seen outfielders pick the Twins. As as minor league veteran free agents because they thought they could make the team. No. Now you kind of you, you got, got the those three spots uh, written in you ink. got the three young guys in the outfield. Yeah. What's funny is uh, uh, you were just telling me that they have some pretty good young depth on the starting rotation down there in Rochester, but they're they're young guys for the outfield with the exception perhaps of Lamont Wade are here, yeah. right? Yeah, they've already made it, and that's been the biggest thing you've seen over the past couple of years on the position side. Young players rising up through the minor leagues. Well, now they're here. Now this is when you try to capture this sort of wave of prospects, if you want to call it that. That's why I think the timing of a of a Jake Odorizzi trade, because you've got the position players intact. Now you need to add to the pitching, and the Twins have done that. And uh, if uh, John Heyman would be correct and they'd bring in Lance. Here's, here's my question. Okay. Reavers and Manny, you could get in on this too. If they bring in Lance Lynn to go with Odorizzi, what are they? What are we going to complain about? What are we going to be mad about the cheap pole ads about yeah, then? Yeah, uh, I don't know, Chris. Maybe you'd help me out. <laughs> seem to have a pretty they're, good they're, handle on these. I would be okay with it. I just think there still will be a section of Twins fans are going to be upset that they did not get you, Darvish. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the only I do way think... they're the only sorry, Derek. The only way they're like not going to be upset about not getting you, Darvish, is if. We get through halfway the season, and Hugh Darvish has an ERA of four and a half. (laughs) Otherwise, we wanted him. Or he gets hurt. Right. Yeah. I I think there is a distinction to be made between adding a guy like Odorizzi, a guy like Lynn, and a guy like Darvish. I just see him in in a different tier than those guys. Both of them are kind of mid-rotation starters to me, which, don't get me wrong, if you got four or five mid-rotation starters, you're doing pretty good. But there is a little bit of a difference from that ace upside, and you're right, there probably be some section of 
Twins fan. Outside of money, Derek, is, are there other hurdles? I mean, is there a significant draft pick compensation that comes attached to Lance Lynn if they do, in fact, 75, sign him? Yeah. Fifth, right? yeah, it'd be 75. 75 okay. overall and pick. It, that'd be the same for Jake Arrieta. It'd be the same for Alex Cobb. Okay. I mean, it'd be the same for Greg Holland. There, there's a... Uh, Greg Holland is that high, too? Yeah, he'll, yeah, never he'll never get a qualifying job. Offer. He'll never get a job. Well, it depends which team's taking him, Pat, because if you're the Twins, you're giving up that third selection, and that's about 75 this year. So, trust me, the front office is thinking about that, but I'd be shocked if that's an impediment that says a hard line in the sand, no, we will not sign guys who rejected the qualifying offer. Uh, well, hey, uh, gentlemen, the uh, the uh, Twins, I, I don't think my, uh, I don't, I'm, the, more, the more I hear, the more I talk to some people, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, they're going to keep Sano down here and tell him to get in shape. You mean at the start of the yeah, season? At the start of the season, I, I I'd say it. They've, they've really set the scene here, saying talking so much last year, Pat. When they talk about his conditioning, it was very guarded. It was yes, very. Yes. Oh, we're on his side. This is all good. This year, no matter who you talk with, it hasn't exactly been hidden from conversation. It's the first thing. Yeah. Often they'll bring it up unprompted. But they have offered him. They can do it while still offering him the excuse of, well, he had the yeah. surgery in the offseason. Yeah, so he, they can get away with it, but they're still bringing it up. That's yeah. true. They they bring it up. But I also say, uh, and, and Judd Zolgad brought this up on the morning show, that like I know that having surgery and having a, a metal rod put in your shin certainly affects your ability to get up and run laps. But that doesn't mean that you have to eat like the way that you could gain to – what is he, Pat? What? If you're putting a number, I got on his. It. Uh, somebody gave me his weight the other day. Two ninety three. And see, there is a difference between not being uh, chiseled from granite and weighing almost three hundred pounds trying to play in the yeah. infield. Yeah, I think you know. It, I was talking to Gino Glenn the other day, and Gene loves everybody, right? He's, he he's, he's the player's best. You friend. won't hear a negative scatter. Good Wasika boy, just like uh, Tink Larson. So he's going to be in your corner if you're a baseball player. Mm-hmm. And and Miguel was walking by us, and he's just he says, "I love Miguel. I'm always going to defend Miguel." He said, "Look at look at that. That's a big man." He said, "That's a big man." He said, "He can." He says, "You don't." He says, "I don't know what it's like to be six five and two eighty. Mm-hmm. He says, "Maybe I can feel great at six five and two eighty. He said, "Maybe." He said, "You don't." He said. Yeah, he said, you don't know what it's like to be 6'5 and 280. I said, no, I know what it's like to be 5'10 and 280. But uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, but uh, that he was he was defending him as just a huge man. But if they can get him down, I think they'd be happy if they get him to two under 280. I think they'd take 275. For a long time, Pat, I was in the camp that said it doesn't matter that he's at, you know at 22 if he's not mature and taking this stuff seriously no big deal he'll shape up he'll take start taking his career really seriously once you start taking nutrition and exercise seriously you see some really significant gains i'm not worried i'm not worried he's a third baseman uh i've changed my tune this winter <laughs> i see him report to camp and it's it's not just the number on the scale to me it's a different he, type he looks, of shape he looks older he, it looks he older looks and, older and, and, and and you know, for a kid. i don't know if you'd agree with this he looks it's like more rounded, you know, like in the past, if he was, and I don't mean that, you know, yeah. disparagingly. It's if, if in the past he was huge and he had this, well, like, you got along, you've got along chest. with him. You like Miguel. Yeah. I, I Like I'm saying, I, I've been in the corner that said he's a good third baseman. He hits. That's a player you want on your team. Now I'm starting to shift to the side of the conversation that says, 
maybe he is just a first base DH man, uh, first baseman DH. Uh, yeah, and, but he's still going to have bad. to get the two eighty. Hey, yeah. here's the here's the deal, guys. Though uh, he took BP the other day and he was destroying buildings. He can still, still do that. There's yeah. still, still, I mean, that's that. the thing. You can't say you can't give up because. Right. Uh, you know, he's got more power than Big Poppy. For well, God's sake, he gave up Big Poppy. He's got more natural power than Big Poppy. I think that that's what's so frustrating for people like us and for the hardcore Twins fans is that with his bat, he's always going to have value. But when you can put him at a position like third base, he gives the franchise so much more value when he's able to yeah. play in the field as yeah. opposed to being just a first baseman or just well, a designated hitter. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of first basemen slash DH types who can hit a lot of home runs in 162 games and they're looking for jobs right now. If there was a guy like that playing third base, he'd be a you know he'd be on a franchise kind of contract. And you only need him to be adequate at third base. You don't yeah, need him yeah. to be Brooks Robinson even, or anything. Yeah, he like doesn't that. have to be Manny Machado. He doesn't have to be yeah, Josh he was, Donaldson. He's fine at third. Base I think he can he play third base when when he's on the field. And, well, they should have taken up the Ricey plan. What's that? Hundred thousand. Oh yeah, that's right. On, on April first, a hundred thousand of your two seventy-five. Yeah. On June first, another hundred thousand. On August first, another hundred thousand. Uh, that's you know he loves money. He wants money. He's not making big money now yet, and uh, that's I would have I would have paid him to get you know, in shape. You I know, think he would have had a lot more success. I think I would have, and, and maybe I'd fail at this, but I'd try the longer term approach. I'd say. Hey, if you're a first baseman and you can hit like this, that's fine. And, and if you strike out 35% of the time, that's that's fine. Guys still get contracts. If you're a third baseman and you can convince us yeah. or some other team that when you're ready to hit free agency, you're one of those superstar caliber players, uh, you're talking more than a $100,000 difference there. You're talking tens of millions. You know what you can do if he's a first baseman, though? You can have him take the throw standing right in the middle of base. <laughs> These guys would be diverting themselves out over to the – they would not run through the bag, man. Yeah. They'd say, no, thank you. Yeah. All right, we'll be back for a minute here with Derek Wetmore. I hope Derek, I hope uh, our guy uh, Dwight Yoakam doesn't know we've been cutting him short on his bumpers. He might not let us do it. It might hurt negotiations for future appearances. Yes. What is your uh, one large takeaway from today's game? You got a minute to give it to us, Derek. I like Aaron Sleggers. Do you really? I don't think he's going to start the season in the rotation by any means, but. I think if he's one of your, you know, seven, eight, nine depth guys in AAA, I, yeah, I think he's got a chance. Uh, he drives me crazy because you always like to see six foot nine guys throw a little harder. Yeah. But he is a huge man, and he's got more personality than I thought just watching him in the clubhouse. And really thoughtful, insightful about his approach to the game. I don't think he breaks camp with the team or anything like that, but I think he's a good pitcher to have in your system. What's his uh, What's his A pitch? Fastball. Definitely. After, I mean, fastball. after that, what's his what's and his breaking? He's ball? working on slider changeup right now, just trying to get the feel back. So we'll see what ha- what happens the rest of this spring. He is as big as any human being I've ever seen in a baseball Enormous. uniform. All right, we will be back. Myron Medcalf will talk about the uh, burgeoning scandal in college basketball. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. 
Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.